Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and to invite others to live it. Before we get into today's topic, we want you to know that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode, if you've got ideas for future episodes, please contact us. There are two easy ways to do that. You can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org. Again, ignition at sfcatholic.org. Or you can tweet us at sfdiocese, use the hashtag ignition. Again, the Twitter handle, and if you're not on Twitter, you don't know what that means, but it doesn't matter, is sfdiocese, S-F-D-I-O-C-E-S-E, and use the hashtag ignition. So um, I have, uh, I've got a round, I'm setting up a round of guest co-hosts. The last couple episodes, if you listened to episodes two, or 327 and 8, interviewed a friend of mine, Carl Olson, who is an author and writer, Um, but I missed priests, and specifically I missed priests whose first names were Andrew. So <laughs> I don't have Father Andrew Dickinson, but I have Father Andy Thuringer. Uh, welcome, Father. Yeah, thank you. I hope I can fill that uh, Father Andrew void. The, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll give we it all, a go at least. We all have a Father Andrew-shaped hole in our heart. <laughs> and, uh... I, oh, please. What, what did he pay you to say that, Father? What did he, oh, boy. I, I hope he doesn't listen. The one time I don't, there's somebody I don't want to listen to an episode, it's this one. So, Father, just briefly, would you mind introducing yourself to us? listeners. Yeah, my name is Father Andy Thuringer. I'm the associate pastor at Holy Family in Mitchell, and uh, I was ordained this June, uh, so just going on three months now. Three uh, months? Yep. How is baby priesthood? It's awesome. Yeah. It's really, really yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, this is unfair because we didn't plan this, but could you identify a favorite kind of thing to do or moment even potentially? Not post-ordination. Don't say when Bishop laid his hands on you or something like that. Uh, since you've been a priest, your priestly ministry, has there been something that that really has 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 grabbed you in a powerful way? Uh, I I mean, it, it sounds cliche, um, and maybe it's just because it's like universal among priests, but I, I love the Mass. Yeah. Um, I love presiding at the Mass, especially Sunday uh, when you really get to, um, you know, wrestle with what God's, you know, wanting for his people that week. And you, you pray and you practice and you get ready for your homily and you get to deliver the word of God. Um, and then you get to hold the word of God. Amen. Um, so, I mean, it's been that's awesome. Uh, overwhelming. So just ordained, uh, and, and at some time maybe down the road, uh, we'll have you on to tell a little bit more of your story, but you, you grew up in Sioux Falls, mm-hmm. the city of Sioux Falls. Yep. Yep. And went through uh, Catholic school, uh, uh, all the way up. Great. And then, uh, I entered seminary in the Spring of 2010. Okay. So. Seven years later, here we are. Uh, yeah, there we go. So, uh, and for those of you who've never listened to Ignition before, so he's Father Andy. I am Dr. Chris Bergwald, the Director of Adult Discipleship and Evangelization uh, with the Diocese. So our topic today, if something near and dear, well, no, I'm not going to start that way. We'll start this way. Uh, it's mid-September as we're recording this. Um, we're coming up to October, which means we're coming up later in the month to Halloween. And actually, Father, just last night, my wife was telling me about a question that one of my girls had about Halloween and background and so on. So the kids are already thinking about the candy, that's for sure. Uh, but then they're also thinking about Halloween. And, and the popular culture is, is you know, as we speak, um, the movie It right. 
uh, which isn't horrible to talk about on podcasts because you just always it. you're like it, it is it is which which it no no <laughs> it the horror movie this, this could become an Abbott and Costello routine pretty yeah. quickly. Um, it the horror movie has just smashed box office predictions. It made like 120 million dollars, like the highest grossing opening weekend for a horror, horror movie, movie ever ever. Right. Um, so it's kind of it's I mean even though it's September when we're recording this it's yeah yeah Halloween is is, Halloween is, is hunting coming. us down. It is it is so. Um, Father and I thought it might be interesting to talk about that entire genre, horror movies. Uh, a, few, a couple of years ago, leading up to Halloween, Father Dickinson and I um, had just made a couple of passing comments that uh, Father Andy uh, found interesting. And so he, when he and I were talking about a topic to discuss today, um, this, is, this is what we landed on, talking about horror movies as a genre. So, Father, I know that just as we were preparing for this episode, um, you've come across you know, different position. You've got your own position, which we'll get to, but there's an, some make an argument, um, Christians in particular here, we're talking about making an argument or a set of arguments about why, um, one should never watch horror movies. I don't know if necessarily that horror movies are intrinsically evil or necessarily, but at least that, that the horror movies ought never to be watched. And I know, I think it's fair to say that you would take exception with that view. Yeah, I think there was something like that expressed in your in your podcast yeah. a couple of years ago, and I actually, uh, you know, little baby seminarian, like wrote in and said, "Now wait a <laughs> That's second." That's right. Yes, you did. Uh, I, I sent in some listener feedback. You did. Thank you. Um, let, let me say this, maybe to start off as a preface. When I was in my my freshman year of college, um, I was I was uh, going through my general education requirements, mm-hmm. my gen eds, and. Uh, the school I was at really prided themselves on having awesome gen eds. So my biology general wasn't just bio 101. It was the biology of spiders. Okay. Uh, and it was a whole, <laughs> it was a whole semester just spent on spiders. And uh, my, my literature uh, credit was the, the genre of horror in literature and film. So every week we would get together and read some classic horror short story or novel or part of a novel. And then that weekend, we would watch like its equivalent or something tangential to it. Uh, we'd get like this big projector screen and our class would sit and screen a horror film. Right. And the next week would be about the next work and about how they all relate to each other. Right. And so I really got to dive into the kind of the craft of um, horror. And uh, uh, ever since then... Um, you know, love it or hate it, it's had kind of a special place right. in my life. So you're sensitive when it comes to people's opinions about horror movies. A little bit. All right. Uh, yeah, and there are there is this kind of, um, I would say, especially among Christian and Catholic circles, this kind of prevailing skepticism against horror. Um, and they make some good arguments, but they also make some arguments that that I take uh, issue with. Right. Um, so do we want to maybe dive into some of the, the, particularly the arguments that you would take issue with and maybe talk about how there's another perspective to maybe like some of the more common objections that people would have to horror, horror movies. Would that be a good way to go about this? Yeah, I think so. Uh, so, so one that I hear all the time um, is that, uh, you know, Christ has conquered death. And this is true, by the way. This is, part, this is the false <laughs> I heard part of the objection. what somebody said. Uh, uh, that, that Christ has conquered death. And, and throughout the, and throughout the uh, Gospels and throughout the scriptures, we hear, you know, like, the Lord is my rock, whom should I fear? Um, and so this idea that why would Christians ever subject themselves purposely to fear? Right. That it seems like fear has no place in the Christian life. Perfect love casts out all fear. Right. Uh, so this idea that we would have a genre where we kind of go and sit down and get our popcorn and, and go be entertained by being afraid right. um, seems almost anti-Christian okay. at a certain level. Okay. That's the argument that's made. Yes. Okay. Yes. 
Uh, and, and I'm, I'm sympathetic to it. Um, my response would be this, though. Okay, before you yeah. dive in, please. Why are you sympathetic to it? Let, let's start with the what you the truth that you see in that argument. You're, you're, you said I'm, I'm sympathetic to it. Why? Uh, because the truth that Christ has conquered death, um, that if God is our rock, we have nothing to fear. Right. Those are all true statements. Right. Okay. Um, okay. And that, uh, and that really much of the Christian life should be trying to rely more on God and trying to fear less. Okay. Trying to trust more, that kind of self-abandonment um, of the Christian life. Um, and also in indifference, holy indifference. Right. Um, right. That, that I shouldn't be afraid of when I live or die so long as it serves the Lord. Okay. Um, so those are all those are all true. Okay. Uh, and I and I think that's why I have some some sympathy for the argument. On the other hand, on the other hand, but uh, <laughs> my my problem is this: um, I do still fear. In fact, um, which is really just admitting that I'm not a perfect Christian, and I'm perfectly willing to do that. Uh, that that most Christians uh, have not cast out all fear, um, right. do not love as, as well as we should. And fear remains part of our daily life and right. part of the Christian experience that, that as much as we try to grow in faith, um, we still, uh, in our humanity, um, fear things. And by the way, f- fear can also be healthy if you have a lion chasing after you. Right, right. <laughs> the right. proper response is one to fear and then to run. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, so, so this, you know, like, uh, uh, Token. Uh, said that uh, people called his work escapism. He's the author of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, yes. Hobbits, et cetera, okay? Yes, uh, and, and and a good Catholic as well. And um, people would call his work like the Lord of the Rings. They'd say escapism. They'd say, you know, get out of that fantasy world and get into the real world. And he said, well, you know, escape is usually a positive word. You escape bad things. Right. Um, and and so, it, it, I mean, to fear something evil is a, is a natural response. The thing is Christ calls us to a supernatural response. Right. Um, and yet, I have that natural response as part of me. I have not been able to get rid of it yet. And like so many movies, uh, I think what horror does well is examine that part of the human experience. Um, That as human beings, there are, in fact, things we fear. Um, And just like uh, romantic movies kind of engage that part of us that falls passionately in love, uh, just like action movies kind of engage usually our desire to go out and do great things and to... to, uh, beat the bad guys, you yep. know, uh, just like that. I think horde like <clears throat> legitimately engages that part of us that still feels afraid. So, so would it be fair to maybe as you were talking there, I think, I think this is probably too, I was thinking many cultural artifacts, if you will, but especially probably, well, literature and film or even TV, um, what makes them, the, the, the things that are great, to me, what makes a classic a classic or a great film or a great TV show uh, great or a great book great is that it really enters into the reality of the human experience. So dr- whether it's drama or comedy or, as we're discussing, maybe even horror, um, it, th- is there a way to look at the human experience in, in an authentic way um, for its own sake, just looking at in this case, this thing that is fear that we all experience. Yeah, so uh, Shakespeare would say that the drama, like the whole point of acting, uh, is to hold up the mirror to nature. Right. Um, so that so that I can kind of 
in a removed sense, step back and go, what is this thing we call humanity? Like, how do we right. work? How do we act? Right. Um, and hopefully if you see, if you went and saw like a really good play, like a domestic drama, you would, you would, you know, you would watch it and say, wow, oh, that same dynamic is playing out in my family. And you kind of almost diagnose it and you say, wow, that's, that's true. Um, it might be good or it might be bad, but it's true. Right. And uh, uh, I think that what horror does so well and good horror movies do so well is they get at some primal fear deep within us. I mean, all most horror movies use uh, jump scares, you know, right. really, really quick. Bah, oh, oh, my gosh, I'm scared. Yeah. You know, and, and often horror movies use uh, a gore or, or some kind of violence to kind of make us scared. But the best horror movies transcend those two categories and they really get at some primal fear within us to think for instance of jaws mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. which which yes is you know fear of sharks and of being eaten and of a violent death that, that's all true but really deep down what jaws is about is the unknown right um and that and that something unknown could be coming after you right um and and you know jaws works particularly well for that because we we can't live underwater and right. there's this whole side of earth that we don't understand yep. um and and that's something primal to humanity and there's a reason that movie became such a hit because it spoke to something in people right right so so with horror movies this is sort of the first um argument against watching them uh, that that fear has no place in the life of, of a Christian, therefore we should watch them. But the point, your response to that is, but fear is part of the human experience. Yes. And in fact, it's part of what Christianity responds to. So this idea that we just ignore it or that it should never be explored in film, um, I, I would take issue with that um, because I think actually in exploring it, perhaps we see our need for Christ. Right. Great. That's a great point. Okay. Anything else with this first argument against horror movies? Come to mind. Didn't nope. It? No, okay. So you're listening to Ignition. This is a broadcast for the new evangelization. He is Father Andy Thuringer. I am Dr. Chris Bergwald. And we today are discussing horror movies as it, as we're recording this, recently debuted, smashed box office records, as Father mentioned at the top of the episode. Um, and we're coming up to, to October, which means Halloween is around the corner. So, Father, first argument against, Christ, uh, against horror movies um, fear is not Christian. We discussed that. What's what's the second argument that you hear a lot in Christian or Catholic circles about why we shouldn't watch any horror movies, period? Well, and, and I don't know that this is one against any horror movies, period, but especially in the last couple of years, we've seen a string of successful and less successful um, movies that deal with supernatural horror. Okay. So think of like the Conjuring series and now the spinoff Annabelle, or think of uh, any movie with the word exorcism in the title. And right. there are <laughs> there are legion at this point. Uh, <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> oh no, pun intended, sir. Uh, and and one of the arguments that you hear a lot against these is, well, you know, when you're talking about anything supernatural, in the same way that we would say never play with a Ouija board, right? Because even though some people will see it as a toy, and even though Hasbro like produced them, um, it's no laughing matter. Right. And in fact, you could be opening yourself up to demonic influence Absolutely. or attack. Um, in the same way, people look at these these movies that have supernatural, you know, baddies, right. and they and they say, well, you're just opening yourself up to the supernatural in a really unhealthy way. Right. Uh, and to this, uh, yet again, I sympathize. I totally agree. I think overexposure to these things can, uh, but I also think we need a certain level of discernment there, mm -hmm. because I don't think all horror movies are created equally. Um, I think, in particular, of of a movie like The Right. Um, which came out a number of years back and was about uh, a seminarian and a deacon uh, 
who was really struggling with his faith and got asked to kind of shadow a uh, uh, pro-exorcist in Rome, uh, played by Anthony Hopkins. Right. And, uh, you know, that came out when I was a seminarian, and this was particularly powerful right, for me. Right, right. Um, because I was like, this is a movie about us, <laughs> you know, uh, even though my life was nothing like that. Uh, so you, you never shadowed a pro-exorcist in Rome? No, oh, no, okay. no, okay. I didn't. Okay. Uh, okay. Just art historians. Okay. <laughs> um, and I remember watching the rite. And, and look, there are little Catholic things that they get wrong. Sure. You know, as a deacon, he gives last rites and all the seminarians threw a fit. And so those are not accurate. And I get that. Right. Um, but I remember watching and saying, actually, you know, this is, this is good. It's not, it's not, you know, scary in like a really violent way or anything like that. It's almost more of a thriller, um, about, you know, is this real or not? And his struggle with faith. And it really, it was about the people I was liking it. I was really liking this movie. And even though I was kind of, you know, I was in my room with the lights off, you know, pretty scared. I was even able to kind of step back and say like, but I think this is a good movie. But I said to myself. If Jesus does not come into this movie by name and kick this demon's butt, I'm out. Right. I'm taking this disc out of my DVD player, even though I rented it, and I'm snapping it in half, and I and I will pay the fee. We don't we we don't advocate destroying somebody else's private property. Just so you're... <laughs> I would pay them back. I would pay them back. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, but but I, but I, re- I remember thinking like I I won't stand for that. That needs to happen. And guess what? In the right, uh, spoiler alert, it, it does. Right. It does. In fact, he doesn't use a prayer for exorcism. He simply recites the creed. This man who's been struggling with his faith holds out a a rosary with a crucifix on it and says, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, and and goes on from there. And that's what finally conquers the demon. Right. Um, And and as a film, I think that has an incredibly powerful message about faith, uh, about our response to darkness, and not not just that, you know, we should be scared because in the end, that's not what it leaves us with. It leaves us with trust in Christ. Um, and so even though that's an exorcism movie and a horror movie, I think it's a laudable one. I, I think it's one that that uh, has a very good message and says it in a good way and ends up preaching the gospel. Um, so, so, to, so to say that we color every horror movie, we just throw out the genre because it might do with something supernatural. Well, we admit as Catholics that the world is supernatural. Right. Uh, so, so why can't a film talk about that? Yeah, we, we talked about this a little bit as we we're preparing for this. You know, the, um, the, the reality that simply portraying something does not mean that you're promoting it. So th- demons exist. That's a reality. Um, if, if, if a movie were to glorify and make the demons the good guys, Satan the good guy, if you will, then there might be an issue yeah, there. or even or even if the movie and this happens in movies, this is actually kind of one of my beefs with the original Exorcist. Though though you know, I'm, I have that debate with Catholics all the time, and I'm not. I might not be right. Okay, but one of the problems I have is in many ways the demon in the Exorcist kind of wins. Right. Um. Uh, maybe not totally. Maybe not completely. But he, but there's a victory there for evil, and that because, is that because is, of the priests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that that's hugely problematic. Yeah. And that is something that is kind of an opening. That is something that should disturb us, and right. maybe not something you would want to expose yourself to. Right. On the other hand, um, watching the Lord and his authority cast out a demon. Right. I mean, that's the scriptures. Right. You know, that's exactly. the, I, I see no problem with that. Yeah. So I, I, I would definitely, definitely agree with you uh, on this one. It, the, the mere portrayal of something, uh, there's nothing that's that's evil like a demon doesn't make it 
bad, intrinsically bad, because that's the that's the reality of the world in which we live. Mm-hmm. If it's glorifying evil, that's one thing. But yes. portraying it is not glorifying it. Yes, and so many of these movies do glorify, and that's why I sympathize with the argument. And I say right. you need to be careful, and right. you don't just go see right. anything with the word exorcist in it. In fact, you need to be very careful. Right, right. But that's and, and, that's not to say that there isn't a movie that that you might be able to go to and actually grow spiritually. And that's what I think at the end, I want to come back to make sure we have some time to talk about some of the, the criteria that you employ for how, um, I, just to, to Look, dissipate that, you don't see every movie out there. No, every so, horror so movie I've out said, there. I've said I'm a, I'm a fan of the genre, that I like a good horror movie. The problem is uh, good horror movies are so, so rare. Hard to come by. <laughs> um, you know, I was standing in line to go see It. Because right. I'd heard I'd heard good things. So you've seen um, it. I have seen it. Uh, <laughs> you've seen it. <laughs> yes. Uh, and I was standing in line, and, and you know somebody recognized me and was like, "Oh, Father Andy." And I, and I felt like beholden to tell them, you know, you know, I didn't want to set a bad example, but I, but I felt beholden to tell them, you know, I've, you know, I've kind of done my research on this. Um, sure. uh, it seems like it's quality and not just gratuitous or violent or or anything like that. Um, it's a movie about children facing their fears together. And how that kind of community can help us and all these different things. So, uh, but I also told them while we were in line there, I said, but this is like the first horror movie I've gone to see in about two years. Mm. Um, because they are rare, they are kind of few and far between. Um, and because I am discerning. Um, but I don't just throw out the genre as a whole. And in fact, I think that horror movies can do things that no other movies can do when they're done well, when they really have something to say about humanity, um, about the role of the supernatural in our lives, like they, they can be incredibly powerful. And I, and I love good, good horror. It's, it's, I own several movies, you know, um, that being said, it, it's just so rare. And so I, I do, I, I go very rarely. Out of curiosity, uh, do you ever see the sci-fi horror movie Event Horizon? No, I've never even That's heard like of it. That's like a super Sam Neill and Lawrence Fishburne are in it. Don't know that. I, well, I, I'm not definitely not going to just carte blanche recommend it. And as thinking about the 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 criteria that you've presented, I I'm guessing you wouldn't say it see it either because of how it ends. Mm. But that's a topic for maybe another time. Yeah. Okay. Especially since I haven't seen it. I know. <laughs> okay. So. Um, I'm going to come back again in a couple minutes, uh, but I want to make sure we get to one of the other arguments against horror movies that you come across um, with with regard, I think, particularly to violence. Um, and we touched on this a little bit, but I think you had mentioned that sometimes you hear a lot of Christians say that um, one of the problems with horror movies, distinct from the supernatural, is the gore. And mm. they, 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 that, that, and this is true today. A lot of horror movies, we talked about the subgenre, I think, uh, torture porn is what yeah, it's called. The, well, yeah, and that's the whole subgenre of these movies like Saw or Hostel, um, which have, frankly, like very little plot. And they rely mostly on the now. Look, look I, I already see horror purists being like, "No, the first two saws." Okay, look, yeah, the first two saw movies had great plot twists. That being said, they're really excuses just to watch people get hurt, right? Um, and and uh, you know, in in some ways, uh, that whole subgenre. Um, of these kind of torture movies uh, is in many way the same thing as the Colosseum was back in Rome. Right. Um, this, this kind of excuse to watch violence from a safe distance. Sure. Um, and that does glorify violence. And that is like extremely pro- pro- problematic. Now, granted, um, 
the Saw movies are morally maybe a little better than the Coliseum because in the Coliseum people were actually dying. Right. And Saw is is all make believe. That being said, it's being better than the Coliseum should not be your moral it's, standard. It's not, it's not exactly something you can brag about. Like, right. hey, yeah, hey, I'm I'm less destructive than the Coliseum. Well, right. of course you are. Everybody is. Right. So right. so uh, these movies, yeah, are incredibly problematic. I think where the argument could go astray is that any depiction of violence, um, and even any graphic depiction of violence, goes astray or or should be avoided. Um, think, for instance of perhaps the greatest cinematic work in Christianity of all time, which is the, the passion of the Christ. Yep. And I'll go to bat for that any day of the week. It yep. is a masterpiece. And if we could hang it on a wall next to Michelangelo's, I think we would. Right. Um, but frankly, the DVD case is very small. <laughs> um, it is. And it relies heavily on violence to tell the kind of story that it tells. In fact, Mel Gibson does this a lot. And throughout history, we've seen very graphic depictions of violence for a noble purpose. Right. Uh, and, and I would say that, that often um, the difference is this. D does it glorify and are we there to enjoy the violence as in Saw where you're waiting for the serial killer's next trap? You know, kind of with, oh, what are they going to come up with next? Oh, I, ooh, that's, oh, that's sick. Right. I, you know, or is violence put in its proper context? In most horror movies, in fact, when the serial killer comes out and stabs somebody, you go, oh, no, which is the proper response to right. violence. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, and, and so I think actually this is one of those one of the, you know, we talked about these three different objections. This is one that actually I think most horror movies apply to or get right is that that violence and death and destruction are bad things and they're right. treated as bad things. And the monster or, you know, supernatural being or serial killer that does them is bad. Right. Um, so I, you know, that that's another kind of argument and frankly one that that as as Catholics we shouldn't be too afraid of. We just have to make sure that that is serving like the ultimate purpose of showing, you know, how good can triumph. And that's actually that's a great point about maybe where horror a, a lot of um a lot of film and TV today were really, you know, the, the gritty nature of, re and it's not just white hats and black hats and moral ambiguity is really popular. So the good guys aren't as good as they used to be. The bad guys aren't as bad as they used to be. But but maybe in horror, though, that still is, well, the bad guy is still the bad guy. And we say, oh, no, when he does something bad. Yeah. And often he's like insurmountable and I'm not able to conquer this bad thing on my own. Oh, and that's a and what, that's what a, might that mean for us, Father? And that's a yeah that that is a, an utterly like uh, sympathetic experience to the Christian. I, amen. So, so uh, unpack that. We got about a minute left. Unpack that last. Uh, I'll unpack the last. Thought. Thank you. Thank you. So what I love about that is the reality that I can't defeat my vices on my own. I can't conquer my sins on my own. The re I can't pray every day the way that I want to on my own. I've tried. It doesn't work. So, so, but just as in horror movies, um, there's a way in which good horror, as you said, in which there's a way in which at the end, the, the, the bad guy, the bad demon, whatever it is, the bad entity, the bad it, uh, is defeated. So too, in the Christian life, we can trust that God will come to our aid, um, and, and save us from whatever it is that afflicting us. Is that, that a fair summary yeah think? absolutely and i would just i would just maybe say in closing that this is not father andy's excuse like carte blanche hey go see all the horror movies Amen. um uh that's not what i'm saying 
But I do think that this is a way when we have quality movies, and especially as we get close to Halloween, it might be time to look for those quality movies and say, which of these might help me grow as a person? Great. Thank you, Father. And that will wrap, us, wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, or tweet at us using the hashtag ignition, sfdiocese, hashtag ignition, with any questions you have or ideas for future episodes. And until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. You can find archives of this and past episodes online at sfcatholic.org. Click on Media and then Audio Files. You can also subscribe to the Ignition Podcast in the iTunes Store. Remember to tune in every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. on Lamb Catholic Radio at 91.3 FM in Hartford and 104.3 LPFM Juan Diego Catholic Radio in Sioux Falls and on 88.9 FM in Ipswich and Aberdeen or online at lambradio.com.